Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Here we are, Arise at your place. A big welcome, big welcome to everybody who's joining us today, no matter where you are in New Zealand or even in the world. A big welcome to you uh, in these times where we just need more and more and more of God in our lives. I mean, I've been praying every day for our church. I've been praying over our nation just every single day, Philippians 4, that no matter what we're facing, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer, bring your requests to God. And the peace of God that transcends our natural understanding is gonna guard our hearts and it's gonna guard our minds. And today, no matter what you're facing, I know, I know so many people are in all kinds of different situations with COVID-19, uh, apprehensive about your jobs, the economy, your health. I know people over 70 or even just, you know, just so concerned about their own physical health. And no matter what situation you're in, one thing I do know is that in every worry, every concern, every fear, the, the greatest source of help that we can find is the peace of our God. And I'm praying that right now, no matter where you are and no matter what's going on, that that peace could enter into your life right now. It's a real honor, real honor to be able to join with you. And we have churches uh, from all across New Zealand that are joining with us for our broadcast today. Four in particular that we'd like to mention uh, have told the churches to dial in. That is uh, the team at Majestic in Christchurch with our dear friends Leo and Suzanne Hansen. And I know obviously uh, Pastor Leo, Pastor Suzanne, we love you guys. And you've had to postpone uh, the opening of your building, which is just so sad because we're so excited for you about this landmark. And, and I just love every church right now. Just why don't we clap our hands and let's, let's give it up for Pastor Leo and Suzanne. It's been a big journey for this church uh, since the Christchurch earthquake. And we're, we're praying that when you do finally get to open this building, it's gonna be with shouts of joy and people shouting, God bless it, God bless it. Uh, our friends at Excite Church in Whangarei, our friends at City Rock in Napier, uh, great to have you, sorry, not Whangarei, in Kerry, Kerry, and our friends at, uh, at uh, <laughs> City Rock Church in Napier, big welcome to you and every other church that's joining with us as well. I'm really praying that God is gonna minister uh, into the hearts of every person that's joining with us today. Uh, but before I dive into the Word, I've had this thing just burning away in my heart, and I want to share it with you for just a moment, because, you know, this is a, a, a real crisis. It's obviously a pandemic sweeping the world. But, you know, the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that there the Lord raises up a standard against him. And, you know, one of the things that is crazy about this season is self-imposed isolation, that the world right now is being forced to be alone. Well, when you read the Bible, when people start being alone, that's where God begins to prepare people for things that are yet to come. Before Jehu was anointed king over Israel, the prophet said to him, come with me into the inner room. He was taken into the inner room and then anointed king. Before the disciples received the power of the Holy Spirit, they waited in the upper room and spent their time in prayer. And then the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came on them and they then went out and changed the world. Before Jesus entered his ministry, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, into isolation for 40 days, and returned from the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying for a second that God brought COVID-19, but I'm telling you that no matter what the enemy throws at our world, that our God is able to turn everything bad into something good. 
And I just got a feeling that what God is going to do, and I'm pretty, I believe God is literally shaking the hearts of people right now and saying, I've, I've got you alone because I don't just want you to spend your time on Instagram and Facebook and Netflix streaming, but I want you to get your heart closer to me. And in this season of isolation that God's about to commission a new generation of leaders, because we're believing for a second wave in Aotearoa, and I've got a feeling that something is about to break on the earth. Anybody believe that God takes what the enemy meant for evil and then He turns it for good? If you believe that, why don't you praise God no matter where you are? Come on, our God works wonders. If you believe that, give him some praise. Great to have my friends with me today, by the way, uh, up here on the stage. And you'll notice that they're all practicing social distancing. Uh, have you seen that? We're, 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 a, we're a social distancing you know, safe church. In fact, you know, it's a great delight to have so many people joining with us uh, for this broadcast. But even here in the auditorium, we've been having to send people home because they, uh, everyone wants to be together in this moment. But we need to make sure that we're... Uh, we're complying with all the instructions. This is not about limiting the gospel. This is about stopping the flow of a virus, okay? So I'm asking all of our church family not to be cynical about our government's instructions, but to lean in to be obedient. And let's believe that this, this virus, its flow can be stopped and we can flatten the curve. And if you believe that, give Jesus some praise right now. Come on. Our God is worthy of praise. Well, I've been asking myself, how, how do you pivot in a situation like this? I mean, what kind of message should you bring? Is, should it be encouragement? Uh, should we be, you know, bringing comfort to people? I mean, what kind of word should we be bringing in a season like this? Well, the word I feel God's given me for this moment is a word of faith. And that's the word that I've got in my heart. And I believe in these next few minutes that the word that God's given to me might be just what you need to hear in the middle of this crisis. In fact, if you have a Bible, why don't you turn with me to Haggai chapter two and verse three. Haggai, the book of Haggai. If you don't know how to find it, start at Matthew and go backwards, okay? You'll, you'll find it real quick. But we're gonna jump into a time in Israel's history when they were experiencing what they never thought would happen. Israel, God's chosen people. They were the center of the world. They built Jerusalem, this great bastion of their nationality. And in the center of Jerusalem, they had built a beautiful temple to give glory to God. God gave the plans for the temple to David. His son Solomon was the one who built it. They were prosperous. They were joyful. All was well. Everything was going great. And then suddenly, everything came tumbling down. Armies came. The walls of Jerusalem were torn down. The city was laid to ruin. The temple that had been the great statement of their nationhood, of their worship, where they declared that their God was for them, that this was the people who they were, was torn down and now is just lying as ruin, as rubble around their feet. And in that moment of time, that's the passage of Scripture that we're going to dive into this morning. And I believe the words of this passage of Scripture might be just what you need to hear as we're in the middle of this season. Well, I don't know about you, but it just feels like things we took for granted, we don't take for granted anymore. <laughs> things you thought would always be there are suddenly being stripped away. And maybe we're somehow similar to Israel, where we thought everything was there, set, locked, certain, and now everything is different. And let's dive into a passage of Scripture that you might empathize with today. Haggai chapter 2, verse 3 says, Does anyone remember yesterday? Does anyone remember this house, this temple in its former splendor? How in comparison does it look to you now? 
it must seem like nothing at all. But the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. And now get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Anybody grateful that God's still with you? In verse 5, he goes on. He says, my spirit remains among you. My spirit remains among you. Just as I promised you when you came out of Egypt, so do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all nations. And the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. And I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. The temple is torn down. The city is torn down. Everything they took for granted is suddenly swept away. Israel are bewildered. They're confused, perplexed. They're looking at the ruins of the temple. Their remembrance is of what life was like just yesterday. And they're looking at what they see now, and suddenly everything is undone. They're unsettled. They're looking for a point of stability, trying to find a way to track what's going to happen next. This temple has been for them their their certainty. It had been their stability. It had been their confidence. And now everything that they're dependent on is suddenly stripped away. And as I thought about that, I began to think about how in our lives we have anchor points, don't we? We have things in our lives that I want to call an anchor point. It's something in your life that just seems to you to be immovable, constant. Like this is always going to be there. Like nothing's going to mess with this. And because we have that anchor point, whatever it might be, we think that because we have it, that now everything in our lives is going to be predictable or certain or... We can, we can kind of launch into the, our dreams of tomorrow, expecting that if we've made it this far, we're going to make it the whole way through. And the thing is, friends, is that every single one of us has an anchor point, not just Israel, but all of us. We have things that we cling to. We have things that we believe that because we have them, we're going to be all right. And the truth is that they might be different for every single one of us. I mean, for some of us, our anchor point might be our health. I'm young, I'm fit, I'm healthy. This is now like more of a faith statement for me than an actual reality. You know, it might be for you, your job. I've got a job. I've got my job. And finally, because I have my job, my life is going to be okay. Maybe your anchor point for you is your friends. It's like, man, I've finally got some friends, you know? All the young people are like, wow, I am finally popular. People like me. Life is going okay. I'm going to make it. I'm not Nigel no mates. You know, it's, it's good. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe you're like... You've been putting yourself out there for quite a while, you know, putting on the, you know, anyway, anyway, we're getting out there, putting on the bravado. Finally, though, we've got the one, we've got the ring on the finger. Oh, praise God, you know, I've got it. It's my anchor point. I'm stable. I'm good. Maybe it's the economy. You know, we've got an economy that's stable. We're moving forward. We live in a blessed nation. Maybe that's your anchor point. 
I don't know what your anchor point is. These are just examples. But the truth is, what unites every single one of us is that we all have them. We self-define our anchor points. I mean, our culture helps us. Our culture is going to tell you that these are things to esteem for and these are things to, to go after. And, and once we've gone after them and we've got them, or once we perceive them as being stable in our lives, what unites us all about our anchor point is that the moment we have it in place, we begin to ascribe confidence to it. We give stability to our lives because of our anchor point. And we think that because we have the anchor point in our lives, that everything now is going to be fine. But here's the challenge. The challenge is that often the anchor points that we create for ourselves in our lives are actually inherently unstable, unpredictable. The problem is that often they are stable for so long in our lives that we trick ourselves into thinking that because it's been a week or a month or a year or a decade before this anchor point got messed up in any way, that this is an, a real anchor point or a valid anchor point, and it's never going to be messed with at all. I've got my dream job. My life is set. This is what my dad told me to go after my whole life. I've got it. I'm on lockdown. Everything is certain. I'm finally married. This is the one thing I didn't want to be in my life was alone. And now I've got it. Everything's going to be good. I've, I've got money in the bank. I've got investments. I've got my KiwiSaver. All is going to be well with me. And the truth is that none of these things are wrong. But the challenge with all of them, my friends, is that none of them are eternal. None of them are actually solid anchors for our lives. And they can all be messed with through storm and trial. And having anchor points messed up in our lives is something that can make us become quite unstuck. Well, when your anchor points come unstuck, when the things that you've thought, you would always have them. And because you have them now, that you're good for the rest of your life. When these things that are so certain in our lives get messed with or rattled or potentially even taken away. It's easy for things in our lives to suddenly come tumbling down. And I don't know about you, but I think we're in a time when anchor points are getting messed with. When things we always thought would be there, suddenly they seem so less predictable, don't they? It might be the fact that you've got the loss of a job, or maybe right now you're just even anxious about the environment or the economy or questioning what's going to happen tomorrow, or things in your life are currently unsettling, and maybe... Maybe just looking at the things that you always thought would be there. Like, I can fly in a plane. I can always do that. Maybe, maybe it's some low level. You think, yeah, I'll always be able to go home to see mom and dad. Well, <laughs> I'll always be able to buy toilet paper from the supermarket. And suddenly now, someone sent me the other day and said, we got, oh, no, I'm not going to tell you. But you, you can imagine it for yourself. If you've got Bitcoin and now everybody's looking for toilet paper, then imagine what Bitcoin, put a U in there and imagine what it might be now called, okay? <laughs> Things that we thought were always going to be certain, like I could always go to a church service. Well, you can, but not in a physical building. I'll always have my job. The economy in our nation is secure. And suddenly, so many of our anchor points right now are just getting profoundly and deeply messed with. And the cool thing about this verse is that in the middle of it all, God gives language to maybe how you're feeling about your life. Does anybody remember what life was like even a week ago? Is anybody looking at the, the, the parking lot in your shopping mall? Anybody looking at, you know, what's going on in the news? And does it seem, does it seem like what was so stable yesterday is like nothing at all? 
That's why I think this passage of Scripture is so powerful for us because God brings us into moments where we're unsettled. And I want you to know today that even if you're unsettled, God has a word for you. And even if you're feeling unstuck, God is still present. And even when it feels like everything is coming tumbling down, He is still our God. And He has never left us, never forsaken us, never vacated the building. We might have social distancing, but we don't have divine distancing. All you need to do is open your mouth to God and He'll cross eternity and fill the void in your heart right here and right now. And if you believe that in every lounge room and in this auditorium, why don't you give God about three seconds of praise? Because that's the God that we worship. It might seem like nothing at all, but God's still here. I need a big amen from every person. Then the Bible tells us in verse four, God speaks up and He says to Israel, He says, be strong. And I wanna look at you in your lounge room wherever you're watching this message today, and I just want to tell you, be strong. Kia kaha, New Zealand, be strong. Kia kaha, be strong. I believe the word of the Lord in the hearts today is that we must not allow the, the, the strength that we receive from our God to fail. Even though our earthly energy may diminish, even though there may be things that cause us to feel like we're anxious and unsettled, let us just realize that our God is still with us. Be strong, because the strength we find is when we draw closer to our God. And the closer you come to your Jesus, the more you're gonna find the waves of fear rolling back. And I, I've just been praying today that the waves of fear, even in the middle of this message, are just gonna wave, are gonna roll back from people. And that you're gonna find the strength of the Lord. He said, be strong, be strong, be strong. So when, when we read those words, we realize that God's getting us ready for something. Because Israel is looking at their anchor point and they're like, who are we now? I mean, who are we? Yesterday we were Israel. This temple was the statement of who we are. This was our rock. This was our certainty. And suddenly it's gone. I mean, who am I now? What, what, what do we do now? This was the thing that made us who we are. And what I love about this passage is God's diving into it not to say to them that what they had was somehow something that shouldn't be valued. He's trying to say to them, what you've made the anchor point in your life was actually not your anchor point. It wasn't the reason why you got here. It was actually the outflow of the real reason. And I want to show you how you really got to where you are. Because you thought your job was what shaped you. And you thought it was because you got married that now life would be okay. And you finally immigrated to New Zealand and then thought, finally, I am safe from the storms of the world. And now the storm came here. And you're thinking, that's what makes me secure. And God is trying to say to Israel and friends, He's trying to say to you and me that it's not what you've got in your life that you thought was your anchor point that you need to cling to. He goes on in verse 5 and He's like, listen, the temple might be torn down. Everything that you thought was certain is gone. But let me tell you what you really want to cling to in this season. And verse 5, verse 5 is a verse that hit my life, honestly, in one of the darkest seasons of my life. And I feel like God took me through something to give me this verse so I can give it to you today. And I'm just praying. I've been praying all week that somehow it's going to bring light to you in the middle of this situation. Because in verse 5, God just says to them, listen, he's, in verse 4, he's like, don't you be overwhelmed. And verse 3 is like, I know how you're feeling right now. You're thinking life sucks and there's no future. 
In verse 4, he's like, come on, be strong. And then in verse 5, he says, let me tell you what you should really be clinging to. He said in verse 5, my spirit remains with you. My spirit remains with you. Friends, God is saying that you didn't get to where you are in your life because you got a job. He's saying because my spirit is with you, you got a job. He's saying it's not because Israel, you had this temple that you were then blessed. It's because my spirit was with you that you got this temple. What made you the nation that you are isn't the walls of Jerusalem. It's my spirit. And you can take the walls and you can destroy the temple. And listen, friend, we might have a season where as a nation right now, we've got to walk through some difficult seasons. I'm not here to gloss over that. And I know so many people right now are worried about job certainty. Probably many people listening to this have already been uh, given letters of redundancy. I know a lot of people are concerned about their physical health. But I'm just here to tell you that what makes you who you are, your anchor point needs to go deeper than a job. And I believe that what we could find today is actually this this COVID-19 crisis might give us reason to dig deeper than the topsoil, deeper than the clay, and take us to the solid rock foundation. And here's the solid rock foundation that can never be shaken, never be moved, never be missed with. My spirit remains, says your God. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm present. I'm moving. I'm on your side. God's trying to say, even though these are unsettling times, I'm still with you. And greater is he that is in you, church, than he that is in the world. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? And we might experience difficulty. We might know trial. And there might seem seasons that are unsettling. But God can work in the middle of all of it to get you and I to a place where something greater than COVID-19 has truly happened in our lives. And I'll tell you what it is. We make the anchor point of our lives, not our job, our health, our country, our economy, but we make the anchor point of our lives the solid rock reality that His Spirit remains, that God is for you, that Jesus is living on the inside of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you believe that, why don't you give your God some praise? So God, God's, saying, God's saying to them, He's saying, listen, you know, it's so easy for you to look at the rubble and to miss the fact that my spirit remains. He said, hey, how do you think you built this temple? How do you think you built it? Did you build this temple Zerubbabel? You're Zerubbabel for the next few seconds. Did you build this temple Zerubbabel by your own might? Did you build this temple? We've got a female Zerubbabel. I can't give you a high five, but it's like an elbow. Did you build this temple through your own power? Is that how you did it? Because there's another verse of Scripture where God speaks to the same guy. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. And he said, you didn't do it by might. And you didn't do it by power. But you did it by my, if you know it, help me. By my spirit. By my spirit. By my spirit. And God's saying it was never your might that opened the doors for you. It was never your might. The problem with our pride is we attach it to our anchor point and then we inflate ourselves and we devalue the working of God. And maybe the blessing of COVID-19 is to bring us back to the knowledge that it's God who got us here. That God is the one who opened the door. God is the one who is leading you. And let me tell you this, my friends, His Spirit remains. 
And if His Spirit remains with you, if His Spirit remains with me, then I need to know that it doesn't matter what hell throws at me. It doesn't matter what difficulty comes my way because my life and my anchor was never in my money and never in my job and never in my economy. But my anchor was always the fact that I am a child of Jesus and His Spirit remains with me. And if His Spirit remains with me, then the life, the life was never in my stuff. The life was always in His Spirit. So when this verse of Scripture spoke to me was in a season at the end of last year where I just got profoundly exhausted. Uh, In the second half of last year after Rise Conference, I got sick three times, three different viruses. Obviously looking back, my immune system was very low. I didn't kind of think about that. I'm just, you know, fast John. I'm just going all the time, going all the time. And then one day I just woke up in the morning and the energy, the energy, if you, if, people, if you talk to people about John, one of the things they're quickly gonna tell you is that I've just always been a person with a lot of energy. And suddenly something that had been synonymous with who I am was gone. It was gone. Like I woke up, I couldn't get out of bed. I got out of bed and I had just no strength at all. Just walking down the stairs, sitting on my favorite chair in my lounge room, Every man has a chair, especially if you've been married for a while. I sat in my chair, and then I just fell asleep again. It's just exhausted, just exhausted. 17 years I've been John Cameron, lead pastor, Arise Church. Now, obviously, I want my anchor point to be who I am in Jesus, but you better believe that part of who you are is going to get attached to something that people value and ascribe towards you over a period of time. And suddenly what made me, what made me who I am, I couldn't do. Couldn't preach. Didn't have the strength to go to a church service, let alone preach. Couldn't lead. This creative mind that's always been so alive and hyperactive was suddenly like devoid of any really constructive thoughts at all. And what I had made synonymous with who I am was now stripped away. One Sunday morning, one Sunday morning, um, my family all got up and they went off to church. And I was low. I just got to tell you, I was so low. In fact, I was so low, I didn't even want to watch the, I didn't even want to watch the online campus. Do you know why? Because I'm a control freak and I couldn't change it. I didn't have, I didn't have the energy to change something I wasn't happy with, so I didn't even want to watch it. So I'm at home, and what I thought would always be there for me had failed me. Wow. My energy was gone. Wow. I thought, well, what am I going to do? And I just thought, man, well, I can't stay this low. You know, one thing I will never do in my life is wallow in, in the marshes ever. So I just began to just shuffle my steps up and down my lounge room, my family room, and just began to pray. And you know what happened is, as I began to pray, the presence of the Holy Spirit just began to come over my life. I mean, I wasn't praying deep prayers. There was no energy to it. It was more just like, Jesus, Jesus, I need you, I love you. And suddenly His presence just came all around me. And I got so excited, I just began to say, Lord, thank you. You're here. I feel your presence. You're so kind. You're present with me. You're here with me. You're in this moment. You're in this season. Just thanking Him. And then out of that, I sat down at my dining room table, and I picked up this very Bible. This is my 2019 Bible. I have a new one for 2020. You've probably seen it on my Instagram. But I I opened this Bible, and my reading that day was the book of Haggai. i got to be honest with you. Haggai chapter 1 seemed pretty boring. I I really... (laughs) I didn't get a lot. I I highlighted a couple of verses, but I kind of went through it. Then I got to chapter 2, verse 3. And here I am, this guy with energy, hopefully charisma. (laughs) People tell me I do, and you know, like I got got some life to me. And suddenly, suddenly it's gone. I read this verse. 
Does anyone remember this house in its former glory? Does anyone remember what it was like? I'm not like I remember. Does it seem to you like it's nothing at all? That's exactly how I felt. I was like, God, you're talking to me. And then I turned to verse five. Sitting at my dining room table, sensing the presence of the Holy Spirit all around my life in a moment of undeserved outpouring from God. Lord, you're here is what I've been saying. And then suddenly the Lord speaks in verse five of this passage. And he says, my spirit remains with you. My spirit remains with you. And I suddenly realized that it wasn't John's energy that made John. It was never John's charisma that built this church. It was never my physical presence that caused things to flourish, but it's always been at Arise Church, the Spirit of God at work that has opened the doors and saved the souls and built the house and caused it to flourish. And God was saying to me, not your might, Cameron, and not your strength, Cameron, but my spirit remains. And if my spirit remains, then don't you fear the things that are happening now and don't you question the favor that is ahead because if God is with you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I'm here to tell you that no matter what's breaking out in your life, no matter what apprehension you might be feeling, recognize this, my friends, fear doesn't come from heaven. Fear is not the language of heaven. Fear is not the way of heaven. The only fear you experience in God's kingdom is awe in His holy presence. But we are serve the God who drives out fear because it only brings torment. The God who said that I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And I want you to know no matter what anxiety might be breaking out in your life or fear you might be feeling, the Holy Spirit is still present and moving and working in your life. And if the Spirit's still working, then there is life ahead. There is blessing ahead. There is good days ahead. And if you believe that, no matter where you are, why don't you, if it's appropriate, clap your hands and praise your God. Come on, if you're streaming in an airport right now, then just flap your eyes or something. Give your God some praise. I've made that up on the spot. Just flutter your eyelids and praise your God. God is good. He's always working good. And his spirit remains. See, there's a story in the Old Testament about a prophet, and his name is Elisha. I love Elisha because he came after Elijah. So Elijah is known so well in Christianity, but Elisha is often overlooked. But the prophet Elijah went back to heaven, and it was promised by God that the next prophet, Elisha, would experience twice the number of miracles that the prophet Elijah would see. And sure enough, as the ministry of Elisha began to break upon the earth, the Bible tells us that he experienced nearly double the number of miracles that Elijah saw in his ministry. But Elisha died with one miracle to go. Twice the number of miracles as Elijah minus one. Now any goal-oriented person, that's a bummer right there, right? No one wants to die just before you get to your goal. So the Bible tells us that Elisha is buried. And then time passes, and some guys from a city in Israel are taking their friend out of the city to bury him. Their friend has died, and they're having a funeral procession to carry him out into the wilderness and then to bury him. 
And as they're making their way towards the burial site, Moabite raiders came up over the horizon and they had to hightail it back to the walls of the city so that they would be safe. So what are they going to do with their friend's body? It's really hard to run when you're carrying a body. So they're like, okay, well, we'll put our friend's body in this cave over here and he can be safe in the cave and we'll come back and get him later. So they take their buddy and they put him into the cave. Unbeknown to them, buried in the cave was Elisha. And the Bible tells us that when the dead body of the friend hit the bones of Elisha, that the dead body came back to life again. And here's the thing, you could look at the bones of Elisha and say, does anyone remember what Elisha was like when he was alive? Does anyone remember how mighty this cat was? Do these bones look to you like nothing at all? Because we mistake our personality. We mistake the job that we have. We mistake the blessings God has already given us. We mistake the health of the world and think those are the reasons why things are good with us. And God's saying, no, it's because my spirit was moving through Elisha. And it's because my spirit is at work in your life. And friends, if the spirit of God is still at work, then don't fear the plague that come. And don't doubt the darkness that may break out. But know that in every season light shines for the upright and if God's still with you it's time to get expectant that good things can come in the middle of dark situations no matter who you are take five seconds and praise God right now that's the God that we worship he said my spirit remains my spirit remains my spirit remains all we're going to see in the middle of dark seasons is the revealing of the solid rock the anchor point upon which you can truly build your life because Jesus is the solid foundation. And if His Spirit is still at work, my friends, then we have every reason for expectation. Verse 6 goes on, and this is what verse 6 says. Verse 6 says, in just a little while. And I want you to know, friends, that I believe that's a word for many people here today. You know, your business might be messed with. You might be in fear of what's going on around you. Maybe you're fearing that redundancy slip when you wake up tomorrow when you get to work. But I believe you're going to see in your life just a little while. The just a little while God. The just a little while God. Has still got your life in His hands. Still working in power. Still able to heal. To save. To set free. And if the just a little while God is still working in your life. If His Spirit remains then know this. In fact, do you know what the cornerstone is of the building I'm preaching to you from today? This is the Arise Center. Wow. And when we built this building, the verse God gave us was the final verse of our reading this morning. Wow. The glory of this house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Wow. Think about it in terms of your life. What was happening to you in 2019 looked like it was amazing. I saw a meme this week. The meme said, if 2020 was a person, it would be Judas. I love that. That's just so good. <laughs> But in 2019, you're like, you know, life is awesome. Everything is great. And now, right now, you're standing in the ruins of what you thought was so blessed yesterday. Well, I just want you to know, here's the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is that the glory of the next house is going to be greater than the glory of the former house. That what God's going to do in your life out of the season is going to be greater than what He did before the season. Because His Spirit remains with you. And if His Spirit remains with you, then there is no demon in hell that can stop what God is going to do through your life. If you believe it, give God some praise right now. Come on, praise Him. 
Father, let waves of fear break back. Let them roll away from your people. Oh, Lord. Lord, we just stand in your presence. See, there are two verses of Scripture that have been rolling around in my heart all week, and I've got to give them to you. I've got to give them to you. Here's, here's the verse of Scripture. The first verse of Scripture that's been in my heart all week has been, has been Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. And the second verse of Scripture has been Genesis 1, verses 1 to 2. One of them has spoken to me for years. The other has never meant anything to me at all, really, if I can be honest with you, apart from that, that it's an inspired Word of God. But Hebrews 11, 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. What is seen was not made out of what was visible. God's saying, listen, when you get a heart of faith, you're going to realize that the things that you see in your life right now didn't come from what you could see in the past seasons of your life, but they came straight from heaven into your world. God didn't need anything to create the universe. You weren't looking at the dawn of creation, seeing stuff and saying, because I can see stuff, therefore God can do stuff. All God did was use His voice, His Word, and out of nothing, God made everything. And that should be of confidence for us. If what we're seeing right now isn't what we want to see, then know that what God used to create the world and what God is going to use to create the future of your life is not defined by what we see right now. And then Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. This is a verse of Scripture that, honestly, I read it nearly every new year. Anybody like me, you start, a, you start a new year Bible reading program. You open up January 1. You get to Genesis chapter 1. You're like, okay, new year, here we go. I have read Genesis chapter 1 so many times in my Christian life. It's like I'm trying to get through it to get to a chapter that I don't know that well. Anybody know? Can I be that honest? But just recently, I read Genesis 1, 1 to 2, and I saw it in a whole new light. Because the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep. Right now, we're looking at a world around us that we never thought we would. A world of formless economies, and empty shopping malls, and dark predictions. Formless, empty and darkness. And I always saw that as being like, that's what God was trying to say. And then in verse 3, He says, now let there be light. But as I read it this year, for the first time, I saw something extra. Because the Bible says in the second half of verse 2, it says, and. See, what everybody was looking at was a world that was formless and empty and dark. And they're looking at a world that was formless and empty and dark and thinking, there ain't no potential there. There isn't no life there, but the Bible has an and, and it says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God's trying to give us a juxtaposition between what the natural eyes see and what the divine power of God is able to accomplish. Between what you saw when you looked at something and what God was able to do. And the Bible is saying, if the same Spirit of God that took a formless and empty and a dark world and created the majesty of the earth that we now live in, if that same God has His Spirit hovering, hovering over your life, 
over your lounge room, over our nation, over our world. If the Spirit of God still remains, then my friend, I want you to know that God's able to turn this tragedy into good things in our lives. And if you believe that, why don't you praise God wherever you are right now and declare the power of your God. God's saying, switch your attention away from what is formless and empty and dark towards the Spirit of God that is hovering over the waters. We welcome your Holy Spirit. The, the singers can come and join me up on stage right now. I want to pray for you, church, right now. Because I believe that right now, wherever you are, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm praying, I'm praying that the Spirit that remains is going to draw close to you in this moment. I want to ask you, give, give me the next two or three minutes. We're focused right now. And let's believe for God to touch your life. Just close your eyes. No matter where you are in the world, just close those eyes. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit remains, that your peace remains, that God, when you pour out your spirit upon us, that's where dreams come alive. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will dream dreams. And God, I'm praying for that right now, right now, right now. I pray for every person bound by anxiety, no matter where they might be. And I break any anxious spirit. I break every spirit of fear. God, I pray for the Holy Spirit to break upon people's lives, just to pour out upon people's lives. Like the dawn of a new day, let it break upon your people. I ask this, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, come close to your people. I believe right now God is just filling people with the presence of the Holy Spirit. We just receive from you, God. We receive from you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Listen, friends, just give me your attention for a minute. Maybe you've come to this podcast, this, this link today. Maybe you're hearing this broadcast. And right now in your life, you don't have your own relationship with Jesus. Well, it would be my great joy before I finish the service to pray with you. Because no matter who you are, my friend, I believe that every person is only ever a prayer away from their own relationship with God. If you'll open up your heart today, the Bible says God will cross eternity to fill your life with His presence, with His peace. God will accept you into His kingdom, forgive you of your sin, give you a brand new start. God will not turn anybody away that comes to Him. And I believe there are many people right now who are listening to this, hearing this, watching this. And right now in your life, you know that you need Jesus Christ. Well, I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. Everybody close your eyes and bow your heads just for one more minute. All over this meeting, everybody pray together. I want you, no matter where you are, if you're in a lounge room, pray these words out loud with me. If it's not appropriate, then pray them from your heart. But everybody say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I'm lost without you. I ask you, Jesus, come into my life and set me free. I thank you, Jesus that you died on the cross for me, that you set me free, that I can be forgiven, and I receive your forgiveness and your healing in my life. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Can we have a big clap for every person who just said yes to Jesus? We care about you. We love you. We're so thankful for you. 
Hey, listen, if you just said yes to Jesus, or if you're new to this broadcast and you need to know more about Arise Church, again, if you're from other churches, please turn up at your church when it opens. But if you're new to Arise Church and want to know more, or if you've just said yes, then you can text to 3995 the word yes. If you'll text the word yes to 3995, then we'd love to just help you in any way that we can and connect with you. Again, 3995, make sure that you text the word yes, and we'd love to help you in any way that we can. Well, thank you, church. So glad to be able to share this moment with you. Be blessed. Let's be kind, as everyone's saying. Let's love people. Let's be part of the answer. We are the church. God bless you. We've got a whole nother message tonight uh, with my amazing wife, Jillian. So if you've got nothing else to do, why don't you join us for a double dose of church? And let's survive COVID-19 together. God bless you. And we'll see you tonight or next Sunday. God bless everybody. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at johncameronnz.